Hello, friends, and welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. My name is Scott Cowan, and I'm the host of the show. Each episode, I have a conversation with an interesting guest who is living in or from Washington State. These are casual conversations with real and interesting people. I think you're going to like the show. So let's jump right in with today's guest. So my guest today is John Tillerson, or otherwise known as Park Ranger John. John is in the Spokane area, and his website talks all about national parks, national sites. John, I have a blister from scrolling through your site today. I was doing some research, and I have a blister. I'm going to send you the bill for the Band-Aid. That's kind of how how much data you have on your site. So first off, amazing. And second of all, welcome. Thank you. What I wanted to have you on for initially was to talk about our, our national parks in Washington state, because we're all about Washington here. But before we go there, I'd, I'd kind of like you to tell the audience a little bit of your backstory. But then I'd also, if you, if you would, because I learned something on your site today, there's a whole lot more national parks and national uh, sites than I was aware of. So I'd love to know kind of the backstory of the national park system and how that all came about to to the best of your telling. Well, uh, first a little bit about me and my story is, uh, you know, I have military family. So I, you know, my my mom's side of the family is from uh, Washington Fairchild Air Force Base, you know, Air Force. Mm -hmm. And uh, so uh, I lived part of my life in Florida, Alabama when I was young and then um, came into Washington State and I just fell in love with the area, you know, to love the outdoors. And, um, I, you know, I was a Boy Scout growing up, Eagle Scout, you know, doing all that stuff. I was I was a kid that was always outdoors, you know. Let me interrupt and, you. Let me interrupt you. Yeah. What was the hardest badge for you to get? It was something like citizenship in the community or something like that. <laughs> and it was, it was like a whole bunch of questions, and it took a lot of time to get it done. <laughs> no. And so, I was... I was like, never involved in that, but the, the guy who's my producer, he was an Eagle Scout. And then a good friend of mine, her son was an Eagle Scout. And I've always been impressed with the amount of effort that it takes yes. and commitment. Yeah, and it is. Uh, but, you know, you know, at the same time, that's where I got my love of the outdoors, partially, because, I mean, we had camping trips once a month. And, I mean, you know, and then, you know, summer camp and everything else. I mean, I was always outdoors. And that was just, that was my thing, you know. And then I, um, you know, I got a regular job, which was crazy. And, you know, I worked for so many years and I didn't realize I never put two plus two together about, hey, I could work outdoors, really? <laughs> so when that stumbled upon me, I went to college and then I was all in. And uh, I went to Spooky Community College. Uh, mm-hmm. I got my degree there, went down to WSU and uh, continued with education there. Uh, then I ended up going to the Park Ranger Academy up in Mount Vernon at Skagit Valley College. Okay. And they got a well-known reputation program there. There's only, I think, one or two of those in the entire U.S. for park rangers, for the National Academy for Park Rangers. Okay. Uh, a lot of the National Park Rangers, they end up, when they get a permanent job, they all end up going to FLETC, just like all federal law enforcement agencies do. And that's a pretty intense program to go through. I mean, they go through the same thing as like the FBI and everybody else does. Wow. Okay. So it's, it's pretty intense. Um, so anyway, I got on and... Um, I applied and got onto Washington State Parks, and uh, man, I was excited. I spent my my first day in Washington State Parks it was May first, nineteen ninety four, and I can still remember that day like it's 
I was so excited the first day I go to work and I worked at a place called Sun Lake State Park. And uh, that first day it was 101 degrees outside and I spent eight hours cleaning garbage out of some juniper trees where the raccoons had got into. <laughs> so that was a good fun day, first day of work. <laughs> but but be, it turned me away. <laughs> I was going to say that would be memorable. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> so I worked at uh, Sun Lake State Park, Lake Easton, up on Snoqualmie Pass and the winter recreation, mm -hmm. the parks up there. Uh, went back to Sun Lake for another small stint. Uh, then I worked in the, uh, like the Palouse area. So I worked in, uh, the Columbia Plateau Trail is one of the railroad corridors. And uh, then uh, it included Palouse Falls and Steptoe before going to Riverside and Mount Spokane to finish up my career. So okay. I bounced all over the place. Yeah, you did. And I spent over 20 years in state parks. Okay. So, and, yeah. So as you transitioned out of the state parks into, into what you're doing nowadays, it kind of almost seems like kind of like a natural progression going from the 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 day-to-day -day being park ranger and the duties you mentioned off off before recording the, just the different at the riverside park the different type of duties you had versus saying in lake easton or somewhere else right so right, right so so you transitioned away from park ranger duties into talking about parks so honestly it seems like a brilliant transition to me um well it wasn't a brilliant trend well it, it turned out to be brilliant Okay. At the time, it seemed like the end of the world to me. Okay. And, and the reason why I say it seemed like the end of the world is uh, when um, in 2015, I think it was December 2015, we was doing a regular training as law enforcement officers, is doing defensive tactics. Well, uh, I ended up getting my knee blown out. <clears throat> and it was bad enough that it was a career in the injury. Mm -hmm. I mean, I got a permanent disability from it and everything. And, uh, you know, you, you know, when you find a job that you really love and you're passionate about, it's pretty devastating. Right. And um, my wife is the one brought it up because she was she had already been blogging. She goes, "Why don't you start a blog and talk about it?" And I was like, "I feel like I still got a story to tell," mm -hmm. and that's how it started. Okay. And uh, that's how it's just led into this program. All right. Be before we move off of your career, I got to ask you a couple of questions. Just. Out of, out of doing uh, being a park ranger for all those years you've got to have a couple of stories that are too good to be true or unbelievable whatever however you want to say it i mean your first day was picking up trash from due to raccoons share share a couple stories with us of a day in the life if you will a day in the life you know there was no typical one day i mean one day you're doing maintenance and uh maybe cutting trees to uh, doing road repair. I mean, we were like the road department, the sewer department, the water department, the building department. You know, we, we done it all. We done the law enforcement. We done regular maintenance. Uh, I mean, and then we managed employees on top of it. So it was, I mean, you know, you, you were a jack of all trades in a way with the right. specialized skills too. So it was kind of crazy. Um, but I loved it. Mm -hmm. stories oh my gosh i, I could talk your ear off i'm stories. sure <laughs> you know and some of the stuff that i've done now well i did in the past i mean i'm sure it would have got me in trouble later but i remember when i was first right out of the uh i wasn't even in academy yet. i was still a grunt guy you know i got hired you know to clean the bathrooms and stuff and i was working the late shift I, you know i couldn't get anybody on the phone and it was during a burn ban mm-hmm 
and it was high fire danger. And I had a bunch of really, really intoxicated individuals that was um, wanted to just drink beer and have a big bonfire. And they wouldn't listen to me. They wouldn't listen to me. I couldn't get no help. So I uh, just went ahead and went and backed up a fire pump or to it up to my work truck and started it up. It's about midnight, one o'clock in the morning. And uh, I just drove right up to the site. They didn't see me because they were all just hooping all around a good time. And I put about 200 PSI of water on their campfire. And, uh, <laughs> well, I, let, let's just say when I when I got done, they were standing in a puddle. And I just seen the whites of their eyes and their teeth because everything else was covered with soot from all the, the smoke that had settled. <laughs> and, uh, it, and I didn't have to say anything else. They just, okay, we, we've outworn our welcome kind of. They realized that they packed their stuff up and they went to bed. <laughs> oh my god! So I have to, I have to ask, uh, what did your, what did your boss say the next day? <laughs> oh, I, I didn't tell anybody about that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some of the things that <laughs> you just wouldn't oh. believe. You, you know, and people, they don't pay attention. I always got asked all the time because I worked in real estate country. Okay. How many people got bit by rattlesnakes? That was a real common. Okay. Was it? it? Is it? Well, I knew four people in my career that got bit by rattlesnakes. Okay. Three of them were picking them up and playing with them. So my moral of my story is don't pick up and play with rattlesnakes. Another guy was intoxicated too, and he's running through the desert at night with flip-flops on and shorts and no flashlight. And well, he ran across one and you know it bit him too. So well, I can so, almost I can almost feel sorry for that guy because that's just just you know i'll be politically incorrect and just say he was being stupid yeah. but the people picking them up and playing what so i mean you know rattlesnakes are not uh they're not aggressive you know they're, they don't want to mess with humans and right. i've never seen that and uh in fact they want to just get away from us right and uh so you know like i said i've seen hundreds of snakes in my life and I've never seen a rattlesnake aggressive once in my life, unless it's cornered or something. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and every person I've known that's got bit was doing stupid things. And <sighs> <laughs> just, just use a little common sense and you'll get out. Of the day, is what I've always said. <laughs> playing, playing with rattlesnakes. Okay. Yep. When they're poisonous, you know, you shouldn't try playing with them. <laughs> so I guess the question I have, so four people, you're aware of four people kind of on in, in your work related were they all okay or were they able to get treatment and be okay or from all the ones that i knew yeah yeah okay i mean rattlesnake bites is very survivable nowadays right. i mean yeah. it really is i mean the main thing is to go in and get treatment you know you're gonna have a bad few days but you know mm -hmm. well i mean you can only blame yourself if you're the one playing with us with the snake oh my exactly. gosh okay exactly <laughs> so when you started, when you started your, your site and you know, call them a blog that, mm, I don't know if that's the right word anymore, but you know, you, I'll call it a site. When you started your site, what, what would, what are the initial, what'd you start with? You know, when I decided I wanted to do this, like I said, I, you know, I kind of felt like I still had a story to tell. And I mm -hmm. felt like that, uh, my job was quickly transitioning from when I had first started to do, doing less, more of what I call Yogi Bear stuff, 
mm-hmm. the stuff I really enjoyed. I enjoyed interpretation. I really love meeting people in public. And it really started turning a lot more specialized into law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found myself doing that all the time. And uh, so I really missed the part of connecting with the public. I, you know, I really enjoyed that. And uh, in my experience working parks for 20 years, what I seen and what people were asking me day after day after day, what they wanted, what they needed and stuff, I would go to look when I go to go camping or recreating myself. And I couldn't find the information easily. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if you're like a total park geek like myself, you know, you don't mind going through the website and digging, digging through 20 different tabs and trying to find the answer and stuff like that. I mean, you know, that's all part of the fun of the game to me. But, mm-hmm. you know, but for somebody that just wants to know, can they take their pet on this trail or, you know, well, is there Wi-Fi right here in your campsite? Some of those things are next to impossible to find out and then if you call the campground the odds on you're probably not going to get a hold of somebody and, and it's a big mystery and it's you know and we're in the world today just like me i have my own website where i do things remotely mm-hmm. you know if you have business i mean there's a lot of people now that you know they have to stay connected right. and uh, <laughs> and that's important i mean they might get away for a few hours but they can't go away multiple days so i mean that's a that's a very important thing for them to know right I also noticed in some of them, uh, you have electric charging stations listed. Yes. You know, I mean, that's... yeah, I, I, I don't know where you're at. I think you're in the Washington state. So, you know, that we're, you know, our state's pretty progressive. And I mean, I'm seeing Tesla's pop up everywhere now, you know, and, you know, and electric vehicles are a big push for the forward future. Right. And, uh, well, you know, Wenatchee, it's become more and more important. Yeah. So in, in, I live in Wenatchee and, and oh, I was yeah. talking to a guy, uh, Friday, uh, our, our link, it's called link transit, the buses here. So the big buses, not the, not the vans, not the airport shuttle style stuff, but the big buses, they're all electric now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, and he, he's a mechanic, he's working on them. So I was asking, well, how do they charge? And they were saying, there's a, there's a bus stop downtown. And when actually they actually have induction plates that the bus just parks over and charges kind of like you're. Like you're charging your cell phone by setting, yeah. And I was like, oh wow! I was like, this is amazing to me. Anyway, you know, Wenatchee's going all in now. There, some of the long routes that are going from, like, say, from Wenatchee up to Chelan, that's still diesel. And but the new buses that they're getting have enough range and capacity that they're going to be able to do this, you know, ninety mile round trip, hundred mile round trip, multiple times in a day with an electric bus. That's amazing. But. But with induction charging at the at the waiting stations, I'm like I would have never known. Um, wow, but that's genius. It I is kind of it's kind of cool, and you're right. You see, you see more and more of these electric vehicles, not just Teslas. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of Ford Mustangs now. The electric yes. Mustang, um, and then Ford's got their pickup truck, which mm-hmm. I think they stopped making right now for technical reasons. But the the point is, the future looks like it's gonna more of us are gonna be driving electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. And more of us are going to take those electric vehicles to some of these these parks, and so and, well, a lot of people will send me emails, ask me questions, and that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest questions I'm getting asked right now is about electric vehicles. Really? Okay. Yeah. Totally off off. I would not have thought to ask this question, but you said it. I warned you. This is how to go. How many emails are you getting a day from 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 your audience? <laughs> it it really depends. Like you know, I just come out of the winter time, so it wasn't quite as bad. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, right now. That was our cat. (laughs) 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 
I shouldn't laugh, cat, but okay. <laughs> we have a cat when he feels like he's being ignored, he'll drop stuff. <laughs> oh my god, we have a, our dog. Our dog does that too. So, and he's 120 pounds. So, yeah. So now everybody's starting to jumping right back in. Uh, they're starting to plan their trips, mm-hmm. and that's very important. I mean, especially if you're wanting lodging in the national park or you know campsite, you know, you really need to be jumping on it and get ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, and even now, you know, some of the big national parks you got to have days reservations. Mm-hmm. I mean, because they just got so popular, they just they couldn't handle the capacity anymore. Right. So they went to like a lottery system, or you know, or a, you know, a, a permit system. So now people are starting to look, and I'm probably getting, geez, between my comments on social media and things, probably twenty to fifty questions a day. Some days. Wow. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I'm getting quite a few questions. All right. All right. So. From a, let's let's go back to the, the question I wanted you to answer at the beginning, which we got away from. But let's talk oh. about the national park system. What, when did the national park system begin? And I guess the question. So here, here's these. Just you know, I could have done the research, but it's more fun to just ask the questions, be lazy. So when did the national park system begin? It began in just over 100 years ago. Okay. And the first designated national park was Yellowstone. Okay, that was my next But there's question. actually a little bit of a backstory because Yosemite was actually set back as a park in the late 1800s before uh, Yellowstone was developed. So you can really say that Yosemite was the first park really set aside. Mm, okay. Um, but it, it was the first, and they had their big 100-year celebration here just a couple years ago. Okay. In the national parks. And it happened right around the COVID time too, which is crazy. So, you know, all of a sudden you have everybody that's wanting to go out to parks, you know, social distance, because that was the safe thing we could do, right? Right. And, and then you have the 100 year anniversary for parks, and it's just really exploded on the scene. And, uh, you know, and the other question I remember you asking, I, I forgot about this because I got talking, is you asked about the number of park sites. Yes. And you thought it was probably the 63 national parks. That's what a lot of people think. And uh, so what you got is you got the designated national parks, mm-hmm. but you also have like national historic sites, national monuments, national historic places, national lake shores, national seashores, um, military parks. Uh, there, And what that comes down to really is this kind of like a land use classification. Okay. And that's how the parks are going to manage that area. Like, um, one of them is, uh, like Lake Mead and, uh, Lake Roosevelt, both mm-hmm. they were built with the dams. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're their own separate, uh, designation. Um, but they, they were put together because of a dam, like Lake Roosevelt and Washington up in, you know, Eastern Washington and Northern Park. And the lake was actually created after, um, Grand Coulee was built mm-hmm. and it created this huge lake behind it. It's called Lake Roosevelt. Yep. Who was the president that done the, the signing for the, uh, getting, uh, Grand Coulee. Right. Roosevelt. He got, he, he <laughs> so, got a lake out of it. Yeah. He yeah. got a lake out of it. He got a name to lake out of that. So, right. Uh, but, uh, that's how that would, that's, so they managed that as a little bit different, uh, yeah. national seashores, you know, you're looking at different things, you, you know, a lot of beach access, you know, you got, quite a few of them's got forts and stuff like that you know so they're managed a little bit different fishing sand mm-hmm. beach activities uh okay. national parks 
are designed to protect a resource. And one of the biggest questions I always get asked is about one part, uh, the, one of two parts that people always ask about. They're like, I didn't really think it should be a national park. And um, one of them is Biscayne National Park in Florida, okay. which protects over 95% water in Biscayne Bay. And it actually protects lots of sea life. Amazing park. Once you actually understand what the park is and get out and explore it, Mm -hmm. Phenomenal park. One of my favorite parks in the system, actually. I really dig the place. Okay. And then the other one is uh, Hot Springs in uh, Arkansas. And that was set aside for the heat that was known as healing waters. Right. And even even back in the heyday, you know, even you had your criminals and stuff that would come in and, you know, go sit in a hot bath and the soaking bath is supposed to be healing waters in it. But everybody just got along because they was just looking for the healing waters and baths and stuff. Going back into like the 19, in the teens and the, you know, 1910, 1920 era, hot springs were, uh, a lot of major league baseball teams would send their players there in, in spring training and they mm -hmm. would, they would sit in the hot springs as, as, as a way of getting their bodies back together for baseball season. Absolutely. Yeah. No, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, these were really popular places. And I mean, it wasn't cheap to go to them. I mean, it, it was like a luxury thing to do, mm -hmm. you know, but some people, they would be like medically prescribed to go, you know, sit in the hot tubs and not, you know, and try to recuperate and stuff. So, but that's what it's protection for is protection of water. And even today you can go to hot springs national park and they even have spigots where you can go in and jugs of water and get water there. I mean, yeah. that's, that's their, that's their thing is they protect the water's resource. Okay. So there's always something there that the parks are there for a reason. They're protecting something. So I was, as I was looking through here, so where, where this question for me came up was you talk about the Whitman in near Walla Walla, it, Whitman mm -hmm. historical site. Yes. So now is that man is, so the Whitman historical site, is that managed at the federal level then? It's all under the national park system. Okay. It's just that that land was classified as a historical site. Okay. So it was like a national monument. So it'll be like, like a building or a statue or something that commemorates something. Right. So, and then you've got some that are like national historical park. And it, that's a bigger step up because they have multiple buildings or multiple things. Okay. So like Martin Luther King Jr. is a great example. It's a national historical park because it's got their visitor center. It's got the, uh, the Ebenezer Church right there. You got, uh, you know, Martin Luther King's birthplace home and, you know, the the fire department right there where he used to play on the back of and stuff like that. Okay. You know, and he's got, they got the ponds and stuff like that. So that they have multiple things going on. But like a historical site, you go to the, some of the sites, some of the old forts in the Midwest that were, you know, when people are moving out west, they're afraid of Native Americans. Mm -hmm. There's just like a fort or something, you know, and that'll be about it. Yeah, there's one my wife's family stays at in Nebraska. I want to say by, oh gosh, she went last summer and I can't remember. But it's a, it's a, they stay in the barracks there. They, they've turned the barracks into accommodations. Right, okay. Um, I want to say Smith. But I mean, Fort Smith, maybe? I, I think that's it. It's, that it's sounds, a, yeah, could be. It's, it's a very generic name, if you will, you know, Fort Smith, yeah. Fort Jones. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure, but, um, okay. So, so if we add all of these together, what, 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 what number are we at these days? 
the last I knew, I think it's 424 now, 424 national park sites. Okay. Now there's some also what they call affiliated sites where, you know, the national parks will put some funding into it, maybe put a, like a, an interpretive ranger to help interpret the site. Okay. Uh, but there are a few of those, not too many of them. Okay. But actually what parks manage 424. You know, and, and the you- best way I like to describe it, I think of the national parks as like the history of our, of America. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the national battlefields is going to be like Shiloh National Military Park, but Kansas, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all the big like Civil War battlefields, stuff right. like that. Yeah. Okay. Do you, you know, and I saw your crystal ball sitting right there, so this should be easy for you just to, to access your crystal ball and look in the future. Oh, do man. you see this number growing? Oh, yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, history continues in America. I mean, um, you know, I mean, the civil rights start continue to develop and, you know, women's rights, uh, gay rights are Stonewall National Monument now in New York. Mm-hmm. And that was like kind of like the birthright of, you know, right, right there where the rights for uh, LGBTQ, you right. know, started was right there. So, so is, I went to, why well, this would be, 15 years ago uh the 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 in oklahoma city the the oh the bombing yes the bombing is that a national part is that what i think that's actually an affiliate site okay so have you been there yes that i I was i took my kids and they were little little kids at that time and uh we were driving they were living in cincinnati at the time i was driving them home and uh that I don't know what I expected. It wasn't what I expected. It was extremely, it was very moving. It was, yes. it was very um, emotionally um, charged. Very well done, I thought. Okay. So let's, let's, let's shift gears here and let's talk about Washington State has three national parks. Right. Okay. I was a little nervous on that one. He's going to correct me. So. We've got, we, <laughs> we've, got Mount, we've got Mount Rainier. Yes, sir. We've got the Olympic National Park. Or, uh-huh. And then we have North, Cas- North Cascades, right? But that one's, so I never think of that one. Okay. So that's kind of the, the odd man out in my brain. <laughs> so let's start there. Okay. Because um, that's a, isn't that a, an extremely large area it's a huge area it's also north you know in the cascades very north coming all the way up to canada right mm-hmm. so you're talking the north end access can be pretty limited mm-hmm. so i think that's part of it and even the main highway there you know highway 20 is closed seasonally because of snow so oh. you know i think that doesn't get as much attention because of that part right but anybody's ever been there i mean it's absolutely breathtaking right uh, Tons of hiking trails in it. Um, there's a few campgrounds, and uh, but there's no real lodges. And, mm-hmm. You know, and that, that's a draw for some people. Some of the lodges, especially out west, right? And, uh, but well, uh, let me ask you this it question: does go through some fun towns, like you know, you come in and you come up through Winthrop, you know, and oh, yeah. that area, Twisp and Winthrop, and then you know, you come back down, and yep, you know. Well, let me ask you this question: If somebody was assigned to be a park ranger there, mm-hmm. What do they do 
when it's is it is it technically closed during we'll call it winter so is it a seasonal job do they get moved somewhere else do you know uh, you know there is some seasonal jobs there is some permanent jobs as well i mean there's still people that come up and recreate winter recreate that area okay you know so you do have some winter recreation uh but there's always stuff to do i mean you do need management there you do need i mean <laughs> the logistics of planning maintenance and stuff like that for the summer hiring mm -hmm. for summer staff. I mean, it all takes planning and maintenance and logistics. Uh, so you do need a certain amount of permanent staff. So, so even though it's not, I'll say, you, you, you know, I'm not completely correct when I say it's closed for the, the season, but it's not, you know, the funny thing is a lot of what we don't see behind the scenes, mm -hmm. like the winter time was a great time for me to get training. Mm -hmm. It was time for me, you know, in certain things you had to have, like I had to have a pesticide applicator's license because we sprayed our road shoulders and stuff like that. It's part of maintaining the park in the area. Right. But you have to have a license and you have to go through so many hours of training every year. So, you know, this is a great time to get that training in instead right. of busy season because, you know, I need to get the pesticide out and then be available in the summertime as much right. as possible. Right. Uh, our law enforcement training were required by lot of maintain so many hours of law enforcement training okay so you try to get as much as you can during those the, the non-busy season right you know so i mean there's all these little intricate details and there's mm -hmm. always something that comes up that we need to do i mean right okay. so. so with with the north cascades in your opinion what what are people overlooking up there what's what's amazing that might be overlooked Man, the lakes, as you come in through that scenic drive up through there, mm -hmm. I got to tell you, that drive between Winthrop and back over to the coast, that is one of the most scenic drives in the National Park system, if you ask me. Okay. Absolutely breathtaking. You got views of Ross Lake and a couple other lakes up there. And, I mean, the colors of the water and the waterfalls. And just, I mean, going for even a short hike up there, That this is northwest Washington. I mean, this is some of the finest you know, the outdoors that we can expect. When people think of the Northwest, mm -hmm. here you have it. This is like the epitome of the Northwest, if you ask me. It, it, it's just absolutely breathtaking. So do you know when that was made into a national park? That one I don't know. Okay. I'd have to look it up. Okay. Um, I, I know it's later than the other ones. Okay, so it, it is, of the, of the three, it's the newest one in the system then. Now, and it's... In 1968, I think it was. 68, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then um, um, it, it also consists of like the Chelan management area and that. So, I mean, you've got that Stahican area that is on the back end mm -hmm. uh, of Lake Chelan. People riding the boat down back yep. there. You can stay nights there. You can go backpacking, hiking all through that area. I mean, it, it, it's a large area, but it's mostly remote. And it's up to you how much you want to explore, really. So from a park ranger job, then if you were, if you were assigned up there being so remote, I mean, people do stupid things when there's not a lot of access. In other words, uh, you know, uh, there's been, there's been stories up in the North central Washington of, you know, finding suitcases full of methamphetamine that have been dropped out of airplanes, things like that. You know, so you've got, you've got all this rugged terrain that's very rural and not mm -hmm. not easily accessible as a park ranger you are you do some of your duties going out there and and kind of checking around well that's part of you know we were always doing patrols i mean 
I would say 99% of all people who go to parks are just amazing people. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh yeah. It's a, it's but, a small, but, 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 you know, then again, as I, as I always told my wife, there's always a reason they put a gun on my head, <laughs> you know, because there's always that 1%, you know, that you have right. to do. Uh, drugs. I mean, you know, it wasn't all too long ago that before, um, you know, we legalized marijuana in the state of Wa- in Washington, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we had a lot of marijuana come down from Canada. I mean, Everybody always know the good stuff was BC Bud. I mean, that's what we always heard about, right? Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, and we had a lake that started in Canada and to the, in the North Cascades and ended in the United States. Right. So that would be one easy access point trying to get through. And mm-hmm. people would even try to hike through and stuff, you know. And, it, you know, it, they would try to find every way possible, you know. Right. I mean, right. I remember in state parks, I mean, it was, I think, Deception Pass. They had a boat that had suspicion and caught with a lot of drugs on it coming from Canada. Hmm. Yeah. Well, even back in the prohibition days, you know, Canada was providing alcohol to, to the state of Washington with, there was a, a large boat ship, if you will, moored off of Vancouver Island and the little boats would come up, mm-hmm. fill it up with cases of whiskey and scoop back down. There's a, there's a lot of interesting stories about, you know, about Canada. Well, <laughs> so, you know, you talk about prohibition. I think one of the fun, most fun stories, and I, I told you I got stories, right? Yeah. Uh, so when you go to Glacier National Park, you know, they, they were known for their lodges. And those lodges were actually what, part of what created uh, the National Park because you had the railroad that came through. Mm-hmm. And when the railroad came through, they was looking for more than just, you know, loads for, tra- uh, for money. They started looking at pasture traffic. They're the ones that actually built some of the big lodges in Glacier. So like the Big Trees Lodge and the Mini Glacier Lodge, the Spirit Chalet, those were all created by the railroad for tourism. Mm, okay. So now the fun part about that is, is we hit prohibition. The railroad's got their next big idea. And, you know, the lodge is just up in Canada, Waterton Lakes, the one that's right there just above. Uh-huh. That was built by the U.S. Railroad for tourism. And you know what kind of tourism that was, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody can go for the weekend to the great outdoors and get their <laughs> fill of their favorite beverage while they're at it in Canada, you know, before heading back home. <laughs> well, you, you know, say what you want about Americans, but we are industrious. Yes, we are. <laughs> we are creative and we are industrious. All right. So then, so the North Cascades, so what I, I didn't realize is just the sheer number of acres that this 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 park covers and it's pretty pretty amazing and i agree with you 100 percent. you know that drive is a wonderful drive and uh everybody should if you haven't done the north cascades loop you should try it you know, i think it's a it's a it's a it's a signature drive in our state so that, and the other thing to do is actually is get a pair of hiking boots on and go hiking spend a few hours in the outdoors and that you'll you'll get that true experience of the outdoors and you know, that's, that's the cascades right there. So I'll ask you this question is we're going to transition to one of the other two. I'm going to guess that Rainier was the national park before the Olympic was created. Rainier was one of the original five national parks. So let's talk, let's, let's talk about about the Olympics then. So what's going on in, what have you experienced up there? Man, the Olympics is, 
probably one of the most incredible parks in the system, if you ask me. Okay. It's incredible because, uh, you know, when you talk about size again, this park is freaking massive. Yeah, and when just... I say massive, the people that make the number one mistake is wanting to spend a day to go to the park and leave. You're <laughs> not, you, I mean, you're going to do good to try that circle in a day. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that's not even getting out looking at things. That's just driving. driving. I mean, it, it's, it's really that big. There, there's that much to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'd like to tell people to break it up in like a few different sections. Okay. Because you've got the rainforest section, you got the beach, and then you got the mountains. And uh, so you really got three big sections to explore. The beaches are incredible. Uh, the lodge, like a clay like beach, absolutely one of my favorite places to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, you got the tree of life. I mean, it, you know, you got Ruby Beach. You got, I mean, anybody can and anybody from us from washington it's one of the best secrets in the world is you know when all of a sudden it hits 100 degrees and everybody's grumpy in washington because everybody wants summer to hit but when it hits 100 degrees we all are hot visible and grumpy you do know me <laughs> Just everybody go to the beach over there it'll be 20 degrees cooler and you will just be so happy right and enjoy it's, the day on the beach. It's 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 a beautiful area, absolutely beautiful area. And, and then you got the rainforest area. You know, you got the whole rainforest, and you know, and that whole Lake Quinault area. There, mm-hmm. man, talk about just some beautiful. I mean, you got some incredible trails to it, and spend a day. Mm-hmm. You got the uh, Soldat Falls, Soldat Hot Springs, and I don't know if you've ever been to the hot springs. I there's have some, not. There's some little cabins there, and again, another incredible place to explore. Yeah. And if you want pictures of that kind of stuff, go look at my blog and just find my thing and get a little search thing. And you can just put uh, Solduck Hot Springs in there. Okay. And I've got articles on it. I got photos of it. You know, I've experienced all this stuff and it's just a blast. Um, I, I love that area. I just, I mean, I could spend days out there. And, okay. uh, and then you got the upper mountains and, uh, you know, they, they get tons of snow in the summer, in the winter. Right. But, you know, and, you know, in the summertime, incredible hiking trails, epic vistas. I mean, it's just gorgeous up there. Tons of wildlife. I mean, there's so much to explore in the Olympics. You, I mean, you could you could easily spend a week there. I'm on your Solduck Falls right now, looking at it. Okay. That's, that's, that, my scrolling blister, that was bad. I'm going to send you You the... know, in the falls, is one of the epic waterfalls in the state. It's such an icon. Yeah. Um, but the hot springs itself, I think, is just so much fun too. I mean, anybody should spend a day. In, I mean, if anybody likes to go sit hot baths and stuff like that, I mean, seriously. And what I have, I've had people say, well, it doesn't really look like a natural hot spring. So some people will get turned off by it. Mm-hmm. But what I always tell people is go out and go hiking and exploring for like three or four days and just wear yourself out. You know, just have a great time until you know. Your feet are hurting, your legs are hurting, and everything, and you're tired, and you need a break. And then go sit in that hot water, man. It's the best thing you ever had. You'll you'll think that's the best place you stop. <laughs> right now, now I found your hot springs. Oh wow, yeah, I've never been there, so it's, it's really incredible. It's a hidden gem, I think. Yeah. to be honest. And it's got some cute little cabins there that you can rent. That I mean, I think the cabins are rather affordable. I mean. You know, I think they run a couple hundreds a night, at, mm-hmm. you know, in the summer. But, you know, I mean, 
what I've seen some of the national park lodges go for in the summertime, especially Yellowstone, some of the big ones. I mean, some of them can run up into 500s at night. Lodging is just one of those things that has, like everything, but lodging has gotten to be just staggering. Um, yes. It just, no, no matter what. So the fact that I'm not blinking an eye at 200 is kind of, yeah. Well, you know, and part of it is you're paying for location. You know, oh, yes. location, location, location. Right, right. And, uh, you know, and right here, you know, when you're at the, the sold up, uh, Hot, hot springs you're right there right at the hot springs you can go walk right out of your cabin in your shorts or your swimsuit and walk right across the parking lot and you're right there in the at the hot springs right no i've never been there this is beautiful and uh like the claylock lodge mm-hmm. for the price of them i mean you're right on the beach i mean you're you're right there on the water i mean you have incredible views i mean the the view to me is worth the money I'm going to come back to, I have questions about your, about your articles. So we're going to, after we talk about Rainier, we'll, I'd, okay. like, to, I'd like to go there. So, um, but let's jump to Rainier because that is kind of, you know, one of Washington state's, if not Washington state's iconic signature. Absolutely. Um, you know, I don't we know. We all know whether the mountain's out or what mountain's not out, you know. <laughs> it, it, that, yeah, that, it, you know, that is true. So, and that was one of the first national parks. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, are, You've talked about hiking. Have you ever climbed Rainier? I have not. So I have. It's a, one of the technical challenges. I mean, you know, for hikers, that's a really good starting point if they're going to do one of the big hikes. It's a really good technical challenge to get them ready for them. My uh, a, a guy that's been on the show a couple of times uh, is a, a guy I know. He's a musician and all this, and and I I knew him as a musician, so I first got to know him. And we were talking one day, and he goes, "Oh, I love history and all this stuff," and I. I love to be on on your show because me and my friend we recreated this hike of um tolme of tolme tolme peak and they recreated tolme's hike basically from fort nasquale to where he went and it's like 1855 don't quote me on it but they so instead of taking horses they used electric bikes but they they recreated the whole thing and i'm like huh so what got you into this? And he goes, Oh, I've, you know, I've climbed right near. And I said, Oh, I, you know, and he's like, well, well how many times have you climbed right near? He goes, I've summited, I think 13 times now. Wow. And I'm looking at him and I think of him as a musician and, you know, I don't necessarily think of musicians as, 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 as you know, climbers and outdoorsy people. And I'm just like 13 times. Oh my gosh. Oh. So, you know, Rainier's iconic. Yes. Um, but before we talk about all the things that it's really well known for, I'd like to ask you just the opposite. What's underappreciated there? What 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 should somebody if somebody's going to go to Rainier and they can look up all the the well documented stuff? What do you got? What do you got to offer in the way of a tip for something that's off off the beaten path, if you will? How's well, that? you know, most people come in through the one entrance right there. In Longmire, you know, you know, coming from the West Coast, mm-hmm. coming across, you know, you got the, you know, the wood thing that says Mount Rainier, right? Yep. You know, and you get the drive up, and you hit Longmire, and you got, you know, the typical route. I like going the back route, and I'm not talking about through a Hanapage. I'm talking about through the back end by Tipsu Lake. Okay. So if you come in, kind of like Yakima in the north, mm-hmm. uh, that north route up that way. Uh-huh. And it's only open seasonally as well, you know, with the snow and stuff. 
Right. But uh, you know, when you come into it, there's a beautiful lake right off to the left, right before you get to the park. But then you come up and you've got this big wooden bridge that runs right across and it says Mount Rainier. Hmm. Well, that bridge right there, do you know what that is? I do not. It's part of the PCT, the Pacific Crest Trail. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh. So if you catch it the right time, you might actually see somebody walking across that because it's part of the Pacific Crest Trail. And part of that actually touches Mount Rainier. And, yeah. you know, talking about that, and then what's one of the other most popular hikes here is the Wonderland Trail that goes all the way around the mountain. Right. You know, which is, a you know, when to get permits and all that stuff, too. It's so popular. Right. Uh, but, yeah, so you get to come over that, and it's just a beautiful twist-turning uh, road. Some people know about it. Some people don't. But you'll see it on the map. It'll have Tipsu Lake on it. And I actually wrote just an article on Tipsu Lake on my blog. Okay. Because it's probably my favorite spot in all of Mount Rainier. So you come down there, and it depends on the time of the year. It can be covered in ice and snow. But when you catch it in the right time in the late summer, you, it, it's filled with wildflowers all the way around the lake. Yep. And then you've got this lake. And if you're at the back end of the lake, you're surrounded by wildflowers. You're looking at this lake. And on a calm day, you've got the reflection of Mount Rainier on the lake looking at Mount Rainier. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most, that, that's one of the most photogenic places in the national parks altogether right there. Absolutely stunning. I made the mistake. Well, not a mistake. I didn't, a lack of planning on my part. How's that? Okay. Uh, we were going to go see some music being performed in Ording. You know, on the other on the other side of the mountain, and we, so we we decided, hey, let's let's go down, let's go down Chinook, let's let's go down to Yakima and go across, let's go the back way. This will be fun. What you haven't told everybody yet is that at the right time of year, it is bumper to bumper traffic, and people like pushing. Not pu- I'm kidding, but pushing each other out of the way for a photo opportunity. I mean, it is right. it's insane how many people are there photographing that 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 beautiful landscape it's, yes it's it's funny to me um yes but it took me like an hour longer than i anticipated because traffic was so bad and i didn't give it any yeah. thought but it was it, absolutely beautiful it, you know and rainier's got it is so well known now that i mean it is it's hard to find one of those little bitty hidden gems now because there's just so many people and, we're, and i'm seeing that a lot in a lot of the big parts what I used to think was out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, God, my first trip to Arches was over 30 years ago. Okay. And I remember hitting a couple trails where I didn't see, but maybe one or two people in the whole time. Right. And I don't know if you've heard about Arches. They now have an actual entry permit during the middle of the day where they limit to number people. Because there was literally more people trying to get in the park than they have parking spaces for. Wow. I mean, I'm like, people are constantly, they have to have so many cars driving just to keep people going. But there was no place for them to go. Jeez. And you look at like the Delicate Arts, their most famous arch there, you know, it's on their license plate, you know, right. in Utah. And you look at that trail now and you'll see the where the arch is and it just looks like a ant hill. You know, it, it looks like a bunch of ants going up the hill because there's so many people hiking <laughs> yeah okay so R- rainier though i mean there's so much to see and do at this at this park um 
year-round, really. I mean, it's, it, it, it's an amazing park, and year-round, because, mm-hmm. I mean, they have lots of winter recreation as well. Right. Yeah, no, it, it really is. It really is a, a beautiful park. Have you done the Wonderland Trail? Did you ever? I have not. Okay. Uh, you know, and you know, when I was a ranger for all these years, I mean, it was kind of hard to get time off because that was our go time. Right, and that right. was one of the hard things is, you know, I had all these dreams with some of the places that I wanted to go to, but it was also my busy time at work. Right. And it never seemed to fail that I would get caught up in something I could get off or something. Right. So, so you've got a bunch of hikes listed here on this, on this article. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to run the videos because the, my speakers will pick it up and, it, and we don't, I don't want to get feedback here, but you know, you're talking about, you, you, you reference crystal mountain, which is not in the park, but it's, it's a great views of the mountain from, from crystal. Exactly. Um, great, great place to go and, um, see there just, you've done a great job. So thank you. What you know, I, one of my favorite trails I like to talk about there is, is closed now. It got some damage uh, a couple of years ago in the storms, the flooding damage, but as a growth of the patriarchs. And okay. I'm sure they're working on that one to get it open because it was one of the busiest trails in the park. But you got the Silver Falls Trail. It's beautiful. It's not far from that. It's an easy hike. Not too bad of a hike. Got incredible views of waterfalls. You know, Mount Rainier is all about waterfalls. But mm-hmm. I don't know if you know just how many waterfalls, but it's crazy, right? I don't and know how many. Got, I don't know how many. I know there's a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but you got Narada Falls. You got all kinds of falls up there. And it's just, man, the hiking around them is just second to none. And then you can hike the round that summit, the loop when you get up in Paradise. You can do that loop up there. And I'm when you hit it in the summertime with the wildflowers, Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's just one of the most beautiful sights to behold. It is. It's absolutely jarring. So I'm on. I'm on your. What article am I on? The Washington. You're, you got an article on Washington National Parks, and so here I am talking about exploring Washington State. And I'm every every guest points out something that I don't know about Washington State because I don't know that much. It's just so. It's I always have to be the. The guy who has to look like, oh, you should know that, but I don't. So you've got Evie's Landing, mm-hmm. Fort Vancouver, the the Klondike Gold Rush National Historical Park. Where's yes. that at? That's downtown Seattle. Is down it? there by the baseball field and football field down there. There's a visitor center. And uh, that talks about the gold rush. Yeah. And there's also now a historical park. They do have also, like in Skagway, they have a big part of that park there. Okay. You know, and that's where people were coming in, catching the boat, heading up on the gold rush and heading up mm-hmm. north. To, you know, you know how gold was. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the big settlement coming over. So it's a big story to talk, talk about. It's okay. We, we mentioned Lake Roosevelt earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, the Manhattan Project. That's one of my favorites to talk about, actually. It's, it's very very little, well, not much known about it, really. Mm-hmm. And it's had more of an impact on everybody's life than anybody can think about. It. You know what's developed there, right? Mm-hmm. The big thing that went boom mm-hmm. in Japan and that mm-hmm. ended World War II? Yeah. That, that's what was developed there. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, so it has a pretty significant part of our history. 
And now today you can actually meet at the visitor center in, uh, I think it's Richland. And uh, you can catch a bus that takes you to the actual place where the B reactor is. And you can actually see all the, um, the reactor and stuff. It's pretty impressive. And, and you think about the technology then, what they had, it, and you're thinking about uranium and you're thinking about, you know, the big boom, you know, and it's like, man, that was all done with this. That's impressive. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the, I have a story about that, but the, the other story that I'll share is the, uh, when you think about the, when we landed on the moon mm -hmm. and, you know, my iPhone has more computational power than we had to get us on the moon. You know, right. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing what, what people create with, out having an iPhone. Mm -hmm. I, I have a friend who lives in the Tri-Cities area and we were there for a business event. He goes, hey, you wanna, you wanna ride out to Hanford? I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. He goes, oh, we'll, we'll stir up the guards. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he's, he's, he's a good guy, but he's got a, you know, he, he's, he's a rabble rouser. So we've got this, we're white Chevy pickup truck, nice, nice truck you know, more of a luxury vehicle than a truck, right? And we're driving right. out down this three or four lane road directly towards, well, I'll call Hanford, big sign saying, you know, basically turn around, please. You know, don't, you're not right. welcome beyond this sign. And uh, he goes, no, we're going to keep going. And it, all of a sudden we get, <laughs> all of a sudden a, an unmarked Chevy Suburban pulls in right behind us. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden one comes directly at us and stops us. And they're like, well, you guys here. And they were very nice about it. And it was just like, but yeah, that was like, they're very protective of that. So to go out to see reactor B might be kind of a very, a very cool thing. And you just, you just don't get to drive out there and go see it. No one's going to, no one's going to let you near it. Absolutely. Um, so then we've got mini Donka national historic site. And yes. that's, that's on Bainbridge, right? Yes. Okay. And that's, and that's also, that's all part of the Japanese internment campus. Right. And that just recently was, a, there was um, something that just was recently going on about that. I um, think they just made another one, a site somewhere yeah. about to, in Colorado, I believe it is. Yeah. And then we've and, got, you know. And everybody yeah. knows about Manzanar. That's another one. Mm -hmm. And Manzanar is one, uh, the one guy who was in Star Trek or something. He grew did, up. At, uh, oh, did he? Nakai. Oh, I did not yeah. know that. So he, okay. yeah, he grew up in one of those internment camps. So that's why he's always talking about that. Interesting. And uh, what people don't know about that, and this is what's important, I think, to, for us to know about our own history, is you know everybody talks about you know how important is our rights. I think all of our rights are very important because Japanese Americans were all through the West Coast when Pearl Harbor hit. Right? Mm -hmm. They were Americans. They did nothing wrong. They were just you know, part of their heritage was just being Japanese. And when Pearl Harbor hit, what happened? They were just rounded up. Their house, they lost their houses, their businesses and everything. Mm -hmm. And they were just put in these internment camps. Right. And when they were finally released, they were given a one-way bus ticket to the Midwest or something. Mm -hmm. yeah, they I mean, lost their houses. They lost their businesses. Yeah. They were basically put in, in quote-unquote, a jail, which wasn't really considered a jail, but. Mm -hmm. That's how quickly our rights can be taken away yes. and they did nothing legally wrong. And I think it's something we have to learn as Americans is that uh, this is the importance of our national park sites is we need to know that that's how 
that's how quickly our rights can be taken away if we let it. Uh, you're absolutely correct. I, I, I know somebody whose uh, grandparents lost a, a very large uh, farm and a florist business. Be, you know, yes. And uh, yeah. Then we have, we have Rainier, which we kind of touched on. The Nez Pierce National Historic Park. Where's that at? Oh, that's south. That's an Idaho, I think, isn't it? A portion of Washington is Pierce. That one I'm not really familiar with. Well, okay. So here's here's what you say right here. Oh, it's the trail, isn't it? Well, you have it listed as a national historical park and located in Idaho, Montana, Oregon, okay. and Washington. Okay. So Lewiston, okay. Idaho is where the center is. Lewiston's, a, okay, now I know. It's the yeah. one that's straight out of Lewiston. Right. Um, and they do have a couple sites in Washington. It's mostly focused in the Idaho okay. area. We got North Cascades and the Olympics. We talked about San Juan Island. Oh, that, have you? Do you know about that part? I do. That's a fun one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Talk about the pig war mm-hmm. yep. and how we almost got in a war over a pig. Over a pig. Mm-hmm. Over a pig. <laughs> and then, and then, what we talked about just briefly was the Whitman Mission um, near Walla Walla. Right. So those are currently what Washington State has in the national parks system, if you will. Yes. Okay. Yes. So one of the things I've noticed on your website, and this is this is now going to shift gears and talk about your site. How many articles do you have on this thing, on your site? Between the state or the national park landing pages and articles, probably somewhere around eight to 900. It's a lot of work. It is. It's a lot of work. So you got, when I look at your menu, you've got U.S. national parks, you got cruise travel, state parks, and recipes. Yeah. Now, if you look at me, I obviously look like I like food. So what, how are you tying food into the, into the park ranger thing? What's, how, what's the connection here? Well, I have a part of a long-term plan that's going to get further involved in that. Okay. But as... It, you know, as somebody that hasn't quite dug in full time, I haven't given up state service yet, but that's okay. soon. Um, I want to start talking more camping outdoor recipes and stuff. Okay. I do got a few of my favorite things that I kind of like that I'd assume on there. You know, and I got a couple of drinks on there because, you know, after a good hike, you know, a good beer, I got beers inspired by the national parks. Because, you know, I don't know if you've been around, but you'll see a beer is got a theme i mean i've even got a picture of me drinking a rainier on mount rainier by the way <laughs> so i mean you know like i like some of the themes of the, some of the beers and uh and it's spirits well you know and when i put that article up there's a lot of people like well what about wines i know there's a lot of wines so i started doing research and i found some wines and put it up but the but wines changed like crazy so that one's really out of date okay and, but then I got people asking me about spirits because spirits are such a growing thing. Yep. <laughs> and I found some spirits, same thing and done that. I mean, so people really love that. And I put a few of my drinks that I like, you know, I, I mean, I like a good bourbon every now and then. So, I mean, I'll tell that, but you know, so it's kind of a fun little side. When, when I get a little sidetracked of wanting to dig into a park for a day, I might, might do something like that on air. It's still my site. I can do my add my own flavor to it too. Isn't that isn't that the best thing? It's my site. I can do what I want. I like that. I Absolutely. like that about sites. Yeah, 
And it may not be all about parks, but you know, we've all had a good day after a good hike and we want a good drink to celebrate and have a good time. Well, there's a, there's a, a book out, uh, beers at the bottom. It's, it's Washington, Oregon and British Columbia hikes based on where to go. You can go have a beer afterwards. Nice. <laughs> that, uh, Brandon, Brandon Frolic, and it's in its second edition. Now it's been so popular. Brandon, Brandon well, used to be an editor here on, on our, on our site. And, uh, He's been a guest a couple of times because he's written some other hiking books too. And I was just like, are you kidding me? You planning hikes about, about beer. And he looked at me like, I was just like, well, doesn't everybody. And I was like, oh. hike 15 miles, at least there should be a reward. Right? I, I, you know, I, I kind of went, oh, you got me there, you know? So ton of content. Mm-hmm. You haven't been to all the parks yet. I've been to 58 of the 63 national parks. So what's, okay, so you got five to go. What are those five? The only one in the lower 48 is Isle Royal, up in Michigan. Okay. And that's up on, and on the lake there. You got to go on a boat to get there. Right. Uh, uh, American Samoa, which is in Samoa. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's going to be a bit of a trek. That is a trek. And then I haven't been to Kodiak, um, Lake Clark. Gates of the Arctic and Katma or uh, Cobalt Valley. Do you have and any, those every and, you, and those are all the backcountry Alaska ones. Mm-hmm. This is actually going to require me to actually have to um, get a float plane or something to get to them or something. So, do you have but, any plans in the works for um, <laughs> or just, just because this is video or this is audio, the video, the lights just went on there. And so the cameras are all like, ah, um, <laughs> do you, do you have any, are you got any plans in the works to go to any of these in the oh, near future? Get to every one of them well, yeah, I, I anticipate you will, but do you have anything in the near future planned out? I, this year I want to get to Isle Royal up in Michigan. Okay. Um, you know, the other ones are going to be a feather in the hat kind of thing. You know I mean? Uh, you know, and the thing about like get, even getting up into Cobook Valley and Gates of the Arctic and Lake Clark, there's there's not really much for services. I mean, they don't have visitor centers. They don't have really trails. That I mean, it's just wilderness. Okay. So, you know, you can say you've been there, but you know, you what do you do? Walk walk around for a little bit in the forest, and you know, you don't have the same. There's not much I'm going to be able to bring to my readers. Mm-hmm. Right now, and that's what I'm really trying to focus on is bringing stuff to my readers right now as much as I can. And um, so that's not the direction I'm really aiming towards. Oh, Royal, yes. I mean, there's a lodge there okay. and there's some other stuff. But maybe in the future when they start getting a little bit more developed, or I really want to get to a few more of the East Coast parks that I haven't been to yet. Mm-hmm. And there's some big sites there I just haven't been to yet. It's just, you know. It's just getting there. And when there's 424 of them, you know, there's a lot to go to. There's a lot and to go to. We've been to approximately 300 of the sites. Wow. Um, we still got like 124 to go. So. Ow. All right. So this <laughs> is, I'm, I'm going to, I am, I know I'm asking you an impossible question. I know right. it. What's your favorite park? Depends on what you want. Oh, we cop out answer. No, what's no, your no, no, favorite seriously. part? What? I mean, okay. So for me, I mean, yeah. Okay. For a good hike, it's going to be something different than going to wildlife watching. All right. So, all right. What's your favorite park for hiking? Hiking, I would say Zion. 
Okay. I've hiked almost every trail in that park. Okay. Absolutely. Love and that's probably one of the parks that I actually fell in love with the national parks. Uh, you know, I mean, gosh, I, I don't know how many nights I've camped there. Almost okay. got lost once. Okay. And uh, <laughs> oddly enough, I had cell service that night and I got a hold of my wife and then I forgot to call her and told her I'll make it home. And needless to say, for about five years afterwards, every Christmas, I got new G- GPS units and stuff like that. <laughs> do, you, do you have a satellite phone now? No, right. <laughs> All right. So and, how about uh, for, for looking at wildlife? Man, <laughs> that's so hard because there's epic, I know. Epic. I, and I know that these are, ne- I know yeah. there's no wrong answers here. You know, I'm just, you know, just asking you your opinions. You know, Yellowstone's an epic one. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I've, I've seen wolves in Yellowstone. I mean, that's just, that's an experience, you know, I mean, I've seen all the, all the major games there. So, I mean, I, Yellowstone's just amazing. So sure. everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. I think one of the surprise ones that people don't know, I think is Mount Rainier. There's tons of wildlife at Mount Rainier. I've seen black bears, foxes, you name it. I've seen it there. I love Mount Rainier for mm-hmm. wildlife. Um, and then there's Alaska. I mean, Alaska, geez, I could talk for days about wildlife in Alaska. I've done Glacier Bay. And, you know, most people experience Glacier Bay by cruise ship. But mm-hmm. you can actually stay in the lot. There's a an actual lodge in the in Glacier Bay. And uh, that was built in 76. It was part of the or 66, Mission 66 project. And that was the 50-year anniversary for national parks. So they wanted to build everything up for the. They put a lodge in at Glacier Bay. Mm-hmm. There uh, in the bay, there Bartlett Cove. When we stayed there, we had humpback whales breaching it in the cove there, sitting there eating dinner at the lodge. Wow, okay. talk about just incredible! You know, I mean, we went and hiked the trail up along along the ocean there, and you seen otters playing in the water and stuff. And then we took a boat tour right out of there, up into Glacier Bay. And mm-hmm. it was a much smaller boat than a cruise ship. So we really got in and got to see so much more wildlife than you see on a cruise ship. It was hands down one of my favorite trips. And the Kenai Fjords was the same way. Same thing with the, you know, getting up into the fjords and stuff. We've seen tons of wildlife there. So, okay, this is the this is the dreaded negative question. Okay. Once again, your opinion. What's the most overrated park? Man. Um, in your opinion. That's like asking, you know, which, which one of your kids is your least favorite? I know, but you know. No, no. I, I think the hardest one for me is, and I think it's because I just don't like the classification of it. Okay. Is Gateway Arch. Okay. I, I, it, it is a really cool monument. Don't get me wrong. You know, you got, you got the arch itself. You know, the westward expansion, that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. You, know, you got the Dred Scott case with the courthouses right across the way. And you got, you got the rivers right there. I mean, but you're still right in the middle of a city. And some of the biggest questions I get, I get this all the time. You know, you're talking, you're right downtown, right? Right. And most people's going around the parks. It's like, I got a fifth wheel. Where the hell do I park? You're right downtown. <laughs> you know, well, <laughs> maybe if you're lucky. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hmm. And, uh, okay. So things like that. They've got a phenomenal visitor center, but I don't think it, I don't know if it's a national park as much as it is 
in a national historical park. Okay. You know, because there's more about the history and stuff. It's not, you're not putting on your hiking boots and going for a hike. You know, what most people think of a national park. Right. Oh, no, I think that's a, and, I think and that's I don't a know fair. what the resource per se is being protected. Like I said, you know, when you go to hot springs, you got the water, mm-hmm. the skiing, you know, again, you know, the water, you know, the, in the, in the, 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 the bay there, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know what that's necessarily protected besides okay. a marsh. So I don't, I just think it's more a misclassification. Okay. Fine. Yeah. So you live in Spokane. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Spokane for a little bit. Okay. Let me ask you, let me, let me, let me, I'm saying this in jest. Why Spokane? Well, I have family. That's, okay. That's why I wanted to move there and do <laughs> stuff. Uh, but, you know, as I've gotten older now, I'm looking at some other stuff too and moving towards, as I'm looking to retirement, um, you know, I think I'd like to pass in a snowblower for maybe some flip-flops and some palm trees or something. What? Don't yeah, want to you use know. your snowblower. Your wife's nodding her head behind you. This is pretty funny. She's just, <laughs> she's just nodding her head. I'm but, totally with you on this, by the way. The, you know, the snow- if you've been around long enough, you know, I mean, last year I walked out on my driveway and, <laughs> you know, it looked normal. But, you know, that little thing we get like freezing fog. Uh-huh. Yeah. When I landed down and cracked a rib, uh-huh. I was like, yeah. Maybe I should think about this. <laughs> so, so, so it's it's we moved to Wenatchee in 2017, right? And uh-huh. and some of our friends lived here, or they li- they were living here. They don't live here anymore. And they, you know, they they're not. We didn't move here because of them, but we moved here because they were so enthusiastic about the area. And I was looking to get away from the traffic of the Seattle right. Tacoma area and all this stuff and the rain and the gray. Anyway, uh, so we move over here, and then a couple of years later. Three years later, they go, yep, we're going to sell. Why? We're sick of the snow. And I'm like, really? I still kind of like it. Well, last year, 2022, I did not like, we got, we got almost three feet in one day here. And then it froze and stuck around. And I felt like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. I just couldn't leave my house. And I was, I was not happy. And then it, then it snowed in, you know, and then it snowed in April. Right. Um, and we got a foot of snow like on April 13th because my birthday is April 12th. And we, my, my wife threw a surprise birthday party for me and it was snow. I mean, I'm kind of with you, the whole snowblower thing. I'm yeah. Okay. But... I had a lot of fun with, you know, and I worked in snow parks for years. I mean, I can tell you awesome stories of being a park ranger doing snowmobile trolls and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Cross country skiing and snowshoeing and stuff. But, you know, when we get older as we age, you know, and you start crossing in the 50s, you know, and you've had blown out knees and stuff, that cold weather is not as fun. <laughs> no, no, it's not. No, I, I, I agree with you. Anybody that starts to hit that age, they yeah. understand. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with you. But so I think what I told you on the phone was that, you know, growing up as a kid in Tacoma, we thought we thought we looked down on Spokane, which is just kind of funny that Tacoma would look down on anything. But, um, Wait, you guys had a Tacoma aroma. I mean, exactly. So it just seems really, it just seems really funny that Tacoma would look down on anything. But we look down on Spokane. But going there now, Mm I think Spokane. I think Spokane is a great town, great city. I don't know. It doesn't quite seem like a city to me in the sense like New York or Chicago or Seattle, but it's not 
like Wenatchee. No, well, Spokane County has over 500,000. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of people living there. It's a pretty good size, right. you know, little area. So. I, you have a great coffee scene. There's some mm-hmm. great coffee there. Um, where's drinking your go-to coffee? coffee place? Yeah, you're drinking out of it. By the way, he's drinking out of a Mount Rainier coffee mug, folks. So he's, he's <laughs> playing along with the theme of the show. Uh, so, I'm a true park ranger. Your park rangers like your coffee. Right. <laughs> so where do you go for coffee in Spokane? You know, my favorite little place just up the road from me really is Thomas Hammer. That's my kind of, my little go-to. It's kind mm-hmm. of a little cool up here. Uh, you know, I mean, I could go get to Starbucks. I mean, everybody knows that in Washington. But, you know, I definitely, I like the Thomas Hammer. It's a really good coffee. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of little small coffee shops and stuff now. Um, I can't even tell you all of them. But, uh, yeah. I so when, exactly you go, when, when you go for coffee, what do you get? I like just straight black coffee. And, As it should be. And I, I just like a good light roast. Why? Oh, really? I like caffeine. Really? You know, I light roast has the highest concentration of caffeine, right? Yeah, I know, but I like, I just like the dark. I like my coffee so that I can stand a spoon up in it. Yeah, I like to drink coffee all day long and get the caffeine out of it. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I can't really. You're you're a coffee drinker. We, we can agree. Uh, you know. Where's I, a, I, I love coffee. I've been in co- I've drank coffee all around the world. I've had Kopi Luwak in Bali. You know, that's the one where the little rodent eats it. Yeah. Kind of goes through their system. And uh huh. You've yeah, had that, huh? That's really, really good. By the way. I'll take your word for it. I. Uh, you know what? I I would drink it right now if I had some. I, I believe you. I and I would too. But it's still it, kind of. It, it's truly amazing. Yeah, um, yeah, but I've had in Nicaragua. It was, was in Nicaragua. I've had down to there. Um, I even got always in Colombia. I got some Colombian coffee, and so you've you've um, got it closer to the source than by the time it gets shipped up here and roasted. Yeah, up. well, I was in the tourist area, you know, when I I, I done a Panama Canal cruise. So mm-hmm. you know, we stopped in Colombia. You know, they have it all safe. You know, for even for Americans to go in. You know, right. so and. Uh, you know, I mean, there's somebody with machine guns about every corner, you know, so they're, yeah. they're going to make sure that, you know, the tourism money's coming in. Right, right. right. <laughs> but they also get you set, you know, like $3 for a bag of coffee. You're like, well, this must be, you know, good deal. We were. I grabbed it, brought it home. I ground that coffee up and I used the rest of the beans as a decorative dish in the uh, thing for like, you know, you know how you can put beans in like a thing and then put flowers on it was the worst coffee I've ever bought in my life, bar none. <laughs> my my wife went to Honduras last year. I think it was 2022. <laughs> and she brought me back some coffee from the little town that she was in. Love my wife. Love coffee. Yeah. It was terrible. I drink Folgers. I would drink Folgers over it. It was. Oh. <laughs> and I know my wife's going to listen to this and she'll be, you know, she'll be. Don't be mad. It was the gesture. Yeah, she brought you know, me. She brought me back. With, uh, she brought me back scotch from France, though. So I mean, she's you know, I mean, she you know, she can do no wrong. So right, uh, right. So where's a great place in Spokane for lunch? Oh man, for sandwiches, there's. Uh, I love Crusoe's. Man, you can get. They got a couple sandwiches there. One's called the Godfather. Another one's Italian style. Both of them. You're not going to go wrong, and you're not going to go hungry. So that's a good sandwich shop. Now they sound similar to me, though. I mean, they're both. You know, I'm thinking. So what? What's 
What what are they? Uh, the Godfather has turkey, a little bit of everything in it. Right. And then the God or the Italian Italian's got more pepperoni, salami. Okay. Uh, okay. You know, more of that. Route. Yeah. More of the meat. And both of them are. Yeah, both really good sandwiches. Uh, okay. You know, if I'm in a good mood for something Italian or uh, Irish, Conley's down in the valley is really good. Really? Okay. I like that. Uh, I've I've had good lamb stew down there. And have a Guinness and lamb stew. I'm Irish, so, you know. I yeah, mean, I know. That's that be great. I love Germany's. I love going to Das House. Okay. Up on the north side, the, the, the guy there, I think he actually – come from Bavaria and grinds his own sausages in house. Uh, wow. Anyway, so yeah, it's a pretty good place. I really like that one too. Okay. And um and then uh a new one well it's new to here, but you know barbecue itself it just came, it came from Tri Cities you might might have heard of. It's Porter. <laughs> I'm I'm and sorry, they, I was coughing and I, I even though I muted myself, I didn't hear you. Uh it started in Tri Cities and I got three restaurants there for barbecue. It, it just moved to the north side as Spokane. It's called Porter's. Oh, they moved to Spokane? They got its place in Spokane now. And if you know what I'm talking about. I do. (laughs) You know, I appreciate good barbecue, and that's some good barbecue. Porter's is great. I didn't know that they had. Fantastic. So they just opened on the north side, up uh, almost up towards Target, right there on the corner of Holland and, I guess, Division or whatever. Okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah, they're there. That's a good local establishment. Well, I, I would consider it local. Yeah, that's local. I mean, anyway. but it's it's good barbecue. My goal, my goal when I travel is to always eat somewhere I can't eat at home. And so, okay. living in Wenatchee, it's really easy because you know we don't have that many restaurants to choose from. So, going to Spokane, it's not hard. The only the only exception I have is I will go to Starbucks because I always know their bathrooms are clean. Oh when, yeah, yeah, and, and they become the modern gas station, if you will, um, in that sense to me. And their coffee's fine. But uh, I always... the regular coffee's fine. I, you know, I, I try to stick away from the sugary things. Just yeah. like that. I mean, my look is good yeah. coffee. What do you guys like to do for fun and recreation around Spokane? A little bit of everything. I mean, you know, <laughs> we do a lot of work, so we travel a lot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, being, especially since hitting the parks, you know, I, I like to hit all the different parks. Uh, I, I've been to a lot of them. I'll go visit. You know, I mean, like I said, I worked at Riverside and not Spokane both. Mm-hmm. Um, Lord, <laughs> the big part is I work a lot. <laughs> well, that's okay, so, but you know, if you the thing about work is if you enjoy what you're doing, it's 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 enjoyable. It's not a bad thing, right? Well, I, the crazy thing is when I started this blog, I started five years ago, by the way, five and a half years ago, right? And like I said, I felt like I had something to still tell, right? And uh, you know, and, and put in my insight and the park ranger twist on it. Mm-hmm. And man, it's given me a real excuse and a fire to go see all the parks. Yeah. And and I've kind of made that my mission. Like I said, I've looked to like 300 other national park sites now. So um, that's been kind of my big thing is really exploring the parks. Right. And uh, so I haven't spent as much time in Spokane as I normally would. Right. But I feel like I've kind of explored a lot of Spokane too. Right. So. Now, in your uh, in your in your bio on your site, you you mentioned you have a love of baseball. So, oh, yeah. do you go to Spokane Indians games? I do go to some of the Indians games. I grew up playing baseball, so that was just kind of one of my 
the sport I enjoyed playing the most and right. or watching. I've been to the Mariners, watched several Mariners games. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I, I love baseball. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a there's yeah, it's a it's a great it's a great game. It's a great sport. I love. They're it. supposed to be doing a, quite a renovation on the stadium now too. So that's what I heard. I did I did read something about that. Yes, I did read something that they were going to be doing that, and that's that's short season single A, right? I think they went to long season single A now. Okay. There's, they're playing against the Tri-City Dust Devils, if I remember correctly. I think this last year they moved to a, a long season A, and maybe Tri-City's moved with them or something. I don't know. Yeah, I think. But you know how that they always ebbs and flows and change. At one time, we had AAA, you know? Right. No, absolutely. Yeah, you did. Um, that's, that's when right. Portland lost them, uh, their baseball team. Well, they they, the, Portland yeah. has the Portland Pickles now. Yeah, right. In the West Coast League, which is when Anchi has a team in the West Coast League, and have uh, you seen that movie about the Portland Mavericks? I have. I've, I'm aware of it. I have never seen it yet. That is worth watching. That's really. I, I have heard that. Yes, I've I've heard that. What that was, yeah, a, a semi semi fictionalized true account, if you will, of of what they in, they went through. So, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Well, as we wrap this up, this is the these are my get out of jail free questions. Okay. Um, this one, this one's very important. Cake or pie and why? Key lime pie particularly. Okay. Now, again, I grew up, you yeah. know, my dad's side of the family's down south. So I grew up in Florida right. and that's when I fell in love with key lime. Okay. And that's always been my, my thing. That's your thing. You give, me, you give me a piece of key lime pie, any cake in the world, I'm going to take the key lime. Wow. Okay. That's my jam. Wow. I think, I think you've just set the record for fastest answer. It's so funny. People get stumped on that one so much. It's, it's like I've asked them, you know, you know, water or air. Uh, okay. No, so, yeah, both. Yeah, um, okay. Last, last question really is what didn't I ask you that I should have? What didn't, cause this is a wide ranging conversation. What didn't I ask you that we should be talking? We should have talked about. Uh, you know, I think the number one question I get asked, I get asked all the time, is how do I become a park ranger? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good random question. And there's probably somebody possibly be listening, kind of curious right. about that. And, uh, you know, and it's a little bit different path for everybody, but, you know, I, I got a degree in natural resources management. And, uh, and I, um, I also got a business minor because I, you know, I was foreseeing thinking, you know, eventually moving into management when I get mm -hmm. older, you know, I wanted to have that information too. And then, um, I went to a uh, law enforcement academy and, the, and there's an actual parks academy in at sketch Valley college. And that's where I went to for my academy. How um, long, how long is that academy? How long does that take? Now I'm not sure how many hours it is. I think it's approximately about seven fifty eight hundred hours. I think. Okay. So I, I'm guessing from the up here on this, mm -hmm. but you know, it, it's a, it's a good like three months of your life is okay. towards doing it, and uh, it's long and it's fast and it's a lot of work, but you get through it, and you know, yeah, okay. And uh, but I done I started working as a seasonal employee. That's how I kind of got my foot in the door. Kind of got a reputation, which is always a good thing, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, because you know, when somebody knows who they are, it helps. Right, right. Well, if you're putting out fires at, you know, 1 a.m. with a 
you know, that'll, that'll well, get you a reputation. When wake up and not, you got yeah. to sleep that night, it's probably a good thing, right? <laughs> there you go. There you but, go. you know, you, you're, you're right as knowing that you're a hard worker, you, mm-hmm. you know, you're not a knucklehead, you know, you, you can listen to direction. All like, you, you know, easy to get along with. I, I tell people that all the time. What's the most, when everybody asks me, what's the most important feature I always look for? Mm-hmm. I said, I always look for attitudes. I mean, I can train skills. Right. I can teach. I can teach anybody to clean the bathroom, but you can't teach somebody to have a great attitude when they come to work. And, nice. you know, when you, when you're happy and you go to work and you're around a bunch of people that are fun to work with, mm-hmm. man, that makes all the difference in the world. You can be doing a mundane job, but when everybody's fun to have a great time, it makes all the difference, you know? Absolutely. And, uh, so I always told people that as I get a chance to, you know, let them get to know who you are and stuff. And you got a much better chance of getting a job that way. And, okay. and you get some work experience on top of it. Okay. And uh, if, if you don't have work experience, try to volunteer a little bit of time. You know, they're always looking for volunteers and parks and sure. you know, anything you can do to help out. I mean, that's, that's a good chance to get known and who you are. Oh, I um, think that's that, great that's advice. Great advice for anybody okay. trying to get in. Okay. So if the audience wants to find you online, parkrangerjohn.com, but what social, what social media do you, uh, do you use? Um, I've got a very active Facebook, um, page and I've got a Facebook group too. That's a very active group. I kind of let people run that themselves and kind of, they get, this is their chance where they get to post their photos and going in on different things and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, people love that. I mean, you know, cause they love sharing their parks, going to the parks just as much as I do. Right. And and they're self-policing. I love it because every once in a while, somebody will try to put a political ad up or something like that. And man, they're quick to like, that doesn't belong here. We're reporting you. And they they, they want them off just as quick as I do. Wow. Okay. It's pretty funny. It's I, I don't have many problems there because everybody loves parks. So it's a great place to go if you like parks too. Uh, I also have the Twitter. I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit on Twitter, but uh, I do a lot of Facebook. Got some Instagram. I put like some pretty photos up on that one, and mm-hmm. um, I got Pinterest account where I got a bunch of photos and leads to articles and stuff too. And um, I even started playing a little bit on TikTok just because it's where a lot of people have gone. So I've got about a dozen videos up now. I mean, I'll slowly add to it as I get going, but you know, do you, how do you like creating on TikTok? I don't mind it. It just takes time. Mm-hmm. And the quite a, the hardest thing I have right now limiting me is time. Okay. And uh, what I'm finding out is I thought it would be pretty easy to keep up with parks because they're pretty evergreen. You know, you know, parks are park. They got trails. They got, you know, all this stuff. But like here lately, I'm getting inundated with questions about Yosemite because I got 15 feet of snow all of a sudden. You know, it looks like another two feet on the way. And everybody's asking me how the summer's going to be and, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, well, we'll we'll have to see how this plays out, you know. Right, right. (laughs) I don't have a a crystal ball for that one. (laughs) Right. And you got to be careful because you're not, you're you're a a fan of the parks. You're not a a spokes, an official spokesperson for the park. So you got to, you got to, you've got to, you know, add that disclaimer well i don't know if you have to but you probably are adding a disclaimer saying these you know this is my opinion yeah it's my opinion right right well you can just never tell right no and then uh yeah so people can find you on and we'll put links in the show notes to to your social channels and all that to your website um 
anything else you want to close with? No, I mean, if you want anything about parks, come check it out. And uh, like I said, I've I've talked about a lot of parks now, so a chance you're going to find some information. And uh, if you don't find it there, send me a message. Well, I like I, I kid you about the the blister, but you, there's just there's hundreds. <laughs> there's just hundreds. Well, you know, and the funny thing is, from what I started, what I started doing to what I'm doing now, I've changed quite a bit. I've learned over the years. Because I was very Yogi Bear when I first started, you uh-huh. know, arts and flowers. And I'm like, I need to get some people content, too, of, you know, what, you know, it's not just all pretty trees and stuff like that. I need to give them some really usable, tangible stuff. And when they come in, they feel prepared. So I've really kind of changed it around a little bit. But now I find myself having to go back and update articles. When you got that many articles, that's a lot of work to go back and go re-update everything. <laughs> you know, then you find out little things like they changed in the, they add a new park so they're going to change this things that has the state landing pages the, the main landing page and, you know or you know something happens like yosemite it's closed now or like death valley last year when they had the massive floods and they had to close the entire park because of the flooding and you know trying to keep up with a little bit of that stuff too you know yeah, and they're probably they're probably not notifying you that hey, we changed the hours of operation, or hey, we're changing our price. You, you you've got to be out there. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I'm just because I'm on your I'm on the article about the uh, the, the U.S. National Park Pass, which you know, oh, and, yeah. and, you know, okay. So I'm gonna well, put a link to that. Three days, and some days that changes what days they have off and everything else. Yeah. I'm going to link, uh, I'm going to put a link to the park pass on the, on the page, because that's something people should, we should have talked about it, but. um, Yeah. Well, that could always be another episode. There we go. There we go. So John, thank you so much taking the time to sit down and and chat with me and I hope your cat is okay. Um, Oh, I'm sure he's as honored as ever. <laughs> I don't know if you heard my dog was scratching at my door trying to get in. I had to text my wife to say, "Hey, go get, can you get the dog because he'll break through the door." Right. Anyway, um, well, I will let you go. You have a great uh, evening, and I really appreciate being on. You bet. Thanks a lot. Hope you enjoyed the show. You can reach me on Twitter at Explore State. I'd love to hear your comments. You can also visit our website at explorewashingtonstate.com. If you know anyone who would like the show, it'd be amazing if you'd share the show with them. This is the biggest way that we grow this show. Good old word of mouth. Glad you were here with me today, and I hope to have you listening to the next episode. See you then.